They may be called the next generation, but they're the church of today. Reach, disciple, and mobilize students to share the hope of the gospel. This is Next Gen On Mission with Shane Pruitt and Paul Wooster. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Next Gen on Mission podcast. My name is Shane Pruitt. I'm the National Next Gen Director for the North American Mission Board. And always with me is my brother, my co-host, my dear friend, Paul Wooster, who is the National Collegiate Director for the North American Mission Board. What's up, Paul? How are you doing today, my man? What's going on, man? I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm having a great day. We're, we've been recording. This is actually our fourth podcast of the day. So <laughs> we've yeah. been grinding, hustling. So yeah, we've been seeing each other all day. And man, for this podcast episode, I got my Dallas Mavericks hat on, which okay. Paul, you know, I was a basketball player. So were you. And some people may know this. I think we've shared this before, but you're like, one, like y'all have two sets of twins in your family, yep. right? So y'all were four of the five starters for your varsity basketball team, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, there was times we were like all on the court at the same time. And yeah. so the announcer just had the worst time trying to figure <laughs> out how to, how to call the game, you know? So. Yeah, Wooster passes it to Wooster, who passes it to Wooster. <laughs> Wooster shoots the ball, yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, Paul, man, I'm so excited about our guest today. And I know we always say that, but man, I'm really excited yeah. about our guest today, Jack Eason, who is, you know, man, just a, a really an influencer of uh, ministry. I mean, he's lead nonprofits. He's been involved with churches, equipped churches, coach leaders, has done that for over 30 years. He's a podcaster, an author, a friend, an encourager. And, um, and I've been able to be on his podcast. And I love Jack because he's a great leader, but man, he's almost like a counselor too. Like whenever you're like talking to him and around him, you just want to like, kind of like spill the things that you're struggling with and going through because he's such an encouragement. So Paul, I'm so excited to have Jack on today. How about you? Yeah, man. And we're just going to confess all of our sins right here on the podcast. How about that, Shane? You ready? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, well, one thing that we're going to talk about, I think is so unique, is we're actually going to talk about loneliness in ministry, mm -hmm. which if you're a leader in a ministry, you know this, is like you're constantly surrounded by people, but you can sometimes be the most lonely person in the room. And so I'm so excited to talk about this. So Jack, welcome to the Next Gen on Mission podcast, my friend. Hey, what's up, you guys? Thanks for letting me hang out with you for a little bit today. This is gonna be this is gonna be fun. Absolutely. Well, hey, man. Before we get too spiritual, too serious, because I feel like this is gonna be one of those conversations that is gonna be serious in a good way. But before we get too spiritual or too serious, tell us one fun fact about Jack that we may not already know that we need to know. Wow. Fun fact. I'll tell you about me. It's actually about my wife. I am married to, uh, for 25 years, actually, we're celebrating 25 years in a couple weeks, which is, which is awesome that she's put up with me that long. 25 years consecutively, yeah. which is amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm married to a, a best-selling mystery novelist. So there's a little. Wow. Whoa. Nice. That is awesome. Yeah, so what are some what are cool. some novels? What's an example? What's a title? That, uh, Too Close to Home is one. Uh, Hidden Intent. I mean, she's, I, I can't keep up. I mean, she's written like 65, 70 books. 
What? I, I, wow. I, yeah, she she's the one you should she's the one that should be doing the podcast with. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Paul, have you read sixty five to seventy books? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Only that on audio. Yeah. Only, yeah, uh, only on right. audio on audiobook. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, and friends, a new aspect of the Next Channel Mission podcast is we're actually putting up the videos of our conversations on YouTube. And so we want to encourage you to engage with that. And so, Jack, one other interesting fact is anyone has, has anyone ever told you you look like Michael W. Smith before? Because I was just I'm, sitting here thinking in this conversation. I have heard that, yeah. I actually was with him at an event uh, yep. maybe 18 months ago. Well, it was right before COVID. Yep. And, um, and we were together and people were looking at him and looking at me and I'm like, no, no we're, we're not related. But I did go over <laughs> to him and introduce myself, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and now, nice, man. And now, yep. and now you guys are friends friends forever friends that's right that's right that's hey. Right. hey it's better than friends in low places yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I finally a garth brooks reference yeah. i finally found my place in this world we should say yeah. <laughs> hey praise the lord yeah hallelujah awesome. <laughs> okay, okay so so let's move to the more serious questions what do we need to know about generation z Wow, well, you know, you you guys are on the front lines with the gener that generation, and I I think when I if I had to pick one thing, um, I think they're a generation that needs to be heard, and uh, and not not for for their sake of being heard, but for our sake who are older, uh, mm. to actually hear from them. I think they have a lot to offer, and um, you know, in, in the crazy noisy world that we live in, where so many people are trying to get each other's attention. Uh, you know, the baby boomers and a lot of us as leaders who are looking to the next gen to maybe help us with some things. Uh, we we got to pay attention. We need to listen. And mm. um, sometimes we get too busy in our own world and maybe with our own ministry agenda that we don't remember that they need to be heard. Yeah, absolutely. I agree, Jack. And Jack, one thing that Paul and I love about you is really just how fired up and passionate you are about Jesus, about making Jesus known, uh, equipping leaders. So where does that passion come from? Where does that fire come from? Tell us a little bit of your story of how you came to know Jesus and the calling of God on your life. Yeah, yeah I, you know, I, I was fortunate. Um, I mean, I, I won't give you the whole from birth story, but I, I did grow up in a great home. My mom and dad uh, still together, um, almost 60 years of marriage. Uh, they didn't do everything right, but the one thing that, that they did do right is they they made sure I knew about Jesus. And I grew up in a mm. in a great church that taught me yeah. about Jesus. Uh, but even so, man, I I um, you know, I was trying to find who I was as a teenager and a young person, and I stumbled around like most of us do. But it really wasn't until uh, a youth pastor came and really poured into me and said, "You know what? Um, there is something to this Christianity." For for a long time, I thought, "Man, if this is just a bunch of programs and a bunch of do's and don'ts, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm gone." Mm -hmm. And uh, when I finally realized the power of community, which is really why God created the church, that's what the church is all about: doing together what we can't accomplish by ourselves. Uh, as a teenager, when I discovered that, I was like, man, wow, that's what God has set us up for. I mean, the, the mm -hmm. church is, you know, the church is not the end all. Uh, the church is a tool to be used to bring about the kingdom of God. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think in church, a lot of times we, we maybe miss that, especially when we're speaking to teenagers. And, and thankfully, my youth pastor kind of got sat me down and said, you know what? Um, it's not about the programs and it's not about filling the building with people. It's about us being the people of God to impact the world. 
And yeah. for me, that was a major shift in thought. Even though I grew yeah. up in a great church, I just never had been explained to me that way. And uh, when he explained it to me that way, man, God lit a passion uh, in my heart to say, okay, if it's about impacting people, that's something I can, I can get behind. Mm. Yeah, I love that. That's great. And you've always been, I mean, it looks like from your bio, you got all sorts of different interests and ministry passions and exciting ministry projects. You always got cooking, kind of like Shane and I, we're always, we, we barely even know what we're doing half the time, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. but could you tell us a little bit about the ministry and nonprofit work that you do, you're currently working on and things you're excited about? Yeah, you know, I I think we we joked earlier before we started recording about, about having ADD, and, and I I'm sure I do. Uh, long before it was a diagnosis, you know, I was around before that diagnosis came out. I'm sure I had it, and I still have it. It's probably worse now. Um, but if you don't give me something to do, I'm I'm probably actually going to get in trouble. Um, so I'm always trying to find something to do, and uh, and luckily God has used that to fuel different ministry projects, and. Um, uh, when I went off to college, that same youth pastor, some of the best advice he ever he ever gave me was, you know, figure out what God wants you to do first and chase a calling, not vocation, which was mm. man, great, great wisdom. And that's awesome. And uh, and so I started saying, God, what have you called me to do? And I started speaking even back then in college and, and speaking for other youth pastor buddies of mine at different churches mm -hmm. and uh, got to be so, got so busy doing that, that uh, same youth pastor again, which is amazing, which one, one leader can do in your life. If you'll listen, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. said, Hey, if you're going to do this for real and legit, you need to have some accountability and a board. And, and so we formed a nonprofit over 30 years ago and we've done a lot of different, uh, different things, but that that's part of what I get to do. Uh, I had to learn how to do that. He didn't have a lot of knowledge in the nonprofit world. Um, he got me going, but beyond that, he said, I don't know how to help you market or fundraise or, or, you know, do other things. And so a lot of that, I just had to figure out on the fly. And right. um, I, I wondered, God, why are you making me learn this on my own? And now, <laughs> you know, 30 years later, I'm helping other nonprofits uh, around the country with uh, brand development and fundraising and uh, leadership development, hel helping them flesh out that calling. Because a lot of us, and even in church ministry, we we think God's called us to do something. Maybe he's even confirmed it, but we're looking around, and which is why I love you guys. We're looking for tools to help us mm -hmm. execute what God's called us to do. Yeah. And so, man, I, I get the privilege to help people find out where those tools are. Yeah, that's great. And Jack, one of the, the things that God's called you to do is uh, the ministry through writing. And uh, I love your newest book, uh, The Loneliest Solution. And um, I have it myself uh, right there. I actually have it on my bookshelf right now. And so I love that book. So would you share with us like really how the Lord put that on your heart to write that, what it's about, and really the heart behind that book? Yeah, well, I, I would love to say that I predicted the pandemic. <laughs> hey, I'm going to write yeah. this book. Yeah, uh, but that that really wasn't it. Some people, it's funny. I get emails, and some people go, "Man, how did you know the pandemic was coming?" And it's like, dude, <laughs> nobody's that smart. He's uh, a I, prophet. I, I, He's a prophet. You know, uh -huh. <laughs> it's like, man, I hope yeah. I got a connection to God, but probably not. Yeah. Probably not that. <laughs> no, it it really came out of a conversation with a college student uh, who was much like I was as a teenager, saying, "Hey, what is what is this church stuff all about?" I'm finding myself isolated and insulated mm -hmm. and lonely and I want my life to count and um, this young guy he's still a friend uh, and still has not really plugged into community yet I'm praying for him 
but he told me one day, he said, yeah, oh, I've tried church and I've done this and I've tried that church and done that. And, um, and I just said, Hey man, have you ever gone to a restaurant where you had bad service? And he's like, yeah. I said, so did you quit going out to eat? And he's like, well, no. And I'm like, well, dude, you have to keep seeking out the place mm-hmm. that God has for you. And sometimes yep. even in churches, it takes a while to find your right community. But that was really the start of the book. And, um, and then, of course, the pandemic hit. And uh, mm. I, I think, I don't know what you guys are seeing around the world, but I, I'm, I think, and I, I hope I'm wrong, because I'm fearful of what we're going to see in a year, two, three, four, five years mm-hmm. from now with what our whole world has gone through, especially students because yeah. uh, my son's a college student and yeah. uh, his college career was just wrecked and, you know, mask, no mask, isolated in class, you know, spaced yep. out virtual in person. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, for him, he's a virtual learner. He could, he could do like we're doing today online. He could do that all day long, but not every student set up that way. And um, so my hope is that people will take some of the tools that are, that I found uh, researching and uh, writing that book to, especially on the other side of the pandemic, uh, to find real connection and real community. Yeah, I love wow. that. And I love that example you shared about the restaurant. You know, um, I think especially a lot of young people walking away from the church or say the reason they don't go to church is because the church is full of hypocrites. It's kind of like the hospital. If you have an emergency, you're not going to go, well, don't take me to the hospital. There's nothing but hypocrites there. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And so like, <laughs> so like, just like we don't give up on those aspects, don't give up on the faith family either. You know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And it, it is true. I mean, I'm seeing it too. This loneliness epidemic that's across the world, really just especially the younger generation, Generation Z. And, you know, there's a lot said about the smartphone, how that actually makes us more isolated, not more connected. Um, so, but what advice would you give to ministry leaders that um, to help them create community and help Generation Z overcome this loneliness problem? Yeah, I, I great question. I think we've got to help teenagers and college students, high school and college students especially, um, redefine for them what friendship is. Wow. I mean, okay, I'm thinking about my my son. He's 21, 22. Um, he's not ever known life without the internet. He's never known life without a smartphone. He, he's never known life without computers. That's just what they're used to. And um, for those of us who maybe are older, if we have any gift to bring to the table, it would be there was life before all those things. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was a yeah. real definition, and I would say a biblical definition of what real friendship is. Real friendship is, Jesus said, he laid down his life for you know, a friend. That's real friendship, if you're willing to lay down your life for somebody. And it's not um, simple mouse click. Uh, add a friend, subtract a friend, add a friend. Yeah. And, and we, have, we have redefined incorrectly uh, for this generation what real friendship is. Real, real, real friendship mm-hmm. is messy. And uh, it's allowing people to get in your face and in your grill and and be honest with you. And uh, man, it's difficult, but it's, it's worth it. I mean, all of us who would say, man, I got a friend like that would go, man, it's been worth it to have that kind of friendship, but Mm -hmm. um, you have to push through to get those friendships. They don't happen overnight. That's the other thing just in our fast paced society and microwave society, we expect friendship to happen. You know, I, I left my house the other day, never got out of my car. I got food dropped off, dry cleaning got money from the bank. I did all these things. I never got out from behind the steering wheel because of how (laughs) mobile everything is. And, um, Mm -hmm. but life is, life shouldn't be that way. So my prayer is that, that we'll really equip uh, college students and us as leaders will do our part to equip them to, to really discover where real friendship is. 
Yeah, I love that. And I think that's so important, Jack, which I think should be a part of really some of our discipleship process. Um, because I, I feel like, especially in culture today, it's like, um, if someone disagrees with you, or you disagree with them, then that means they don't love you, or they're toxic, or we got to cancel them out. Yeah. And it's almost there's no grace in it, you know, and I'm not right. saying they're there. I mean, I think sometimes there are toxic relationships that you probably need space from. But just because someone challenges you, or you have a disagreement with your friend doesn't mean they're toxic, and you need to cancel them out of your life. And yeah. I think we're being coached in a way, if we constantly do that, then we're going to find our lonely. Um, yeah, and, I think you're right. And I think that's why you yeah. see so many students who go off maybe to a university that challenges them in their theology and their their worldview kind yeah. of go off the deep ends because, well, this is the first time I've had somebody disagree with my thought or my idea. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's yeah. the first time I've been willing to engage in a conversation with somebody who didn't see everything the way that I see it. So I think you're yeah, that's absolutely right. correct. Yeah. And, and I would love to say that as ministry leaders, we don't do that, but I think we can be just as bad, almost like if there's another ministry leader and maybe we disagree with them on 1% of things, then we almost like separate ourselves from them, you know? And uh, mm -hmm. so I think sometimes as ministry leaders, even though we can constantly be around people, we can be in crowds and with crowds, we can sometimes be the most lonely people in the room. So mm. what advice would you give leaders who are struggling with being lonely and, yeah. and pastors? Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Great, great question. Uh, you know, I could give you the obvious ones, which all of us as leaders know, which is, you know, be in the word and prayer and, and those kinds of things. And, and, and uh, even real friendship, which is, which is important accountability, accountable relationships and those things. Uh, I think some practical things I've discovered, especially over the last almost two years of the craziness that we've been living in, um, and these are going to sound real unspiritual, uh, <laughs> but I found out they are spiritual. And, and the first one is to just actually unplug and go do something different. Yeah. Uh, get out from behind the desk, close the commentary, um, leave the church, uh, go outside, go walking through the woods, you know, go, go swimming, go fishing, go, just get in a different atmosphere. Because I think some of us get so, and, and it's, it's, it's a good trait to a certain degree. We just get our head, you know, plowing the ground and we know what we got to do. Right. Um, and the enemy can get us so focused on that, uh, that we don't realize there are other things. So I'd say number one, just find some time to unplug from the monotony of ministry because it can get monotonous. Mm. And then the second thing I would say, and, and I just, you know, discovered this a few years ago, probably three years ago. And again, this sounds real unspiritual, but it is spiritual. I think, uh, exercise, yep. exercise, yep. man, uh, that gets the adrenaline moving, gets the body physically moving. And, yep. uh, I, I can tell, and I, I think people at my church can tell, um, uh, not physically from my physical appearance, how much I've worked out in a week based on my attitude on Sunday. <laughs> wow. I really do. So sure. I have some of them say, okay, yeah. you're, you're awfully chipper this morning. You know, how, how, did you work? I'm like, okay, I got three days in or I got one day in or whatever. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I, I think that does a lot. And um, I think it's needed and, and especially, which is not the topic that we're on today, but I think especially for, uh, I'm thinking of some of the adult lay people in our church who serve with our students. Um, the physical wear and tear, if they're not in shape, not, not just to work with our teenagers, but just to be a follower of Jesus, um, yep. man, it makes a big deal. It really does. 
It really does. And the older I get, the more I, I think the more important that becomes, I think. Absolutely. And I can identify with that, Jack, personally on the exercise versus my attitude sometimes, because I'll just be honest, there's sometimes where, man, I'm just being a curmudgeon for no reason at all. And my wife will go, hey, you need to go for a run. And I know what she <laughs> means by that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, preferably, yeah. a, preferably a very long run. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead and put in some 5K. miles. Yeah. Put in some miles today. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, it, I think it does. It really does. I mean, for, for me, it's a stress reliever and, and yeah. you know, find something, unplug, do something physical. A lot of our work in ministry is mental, emotional, psychological, spiritual. Uh, yep. I mean, we want, don't even have time today to get into the whole spiritual warfare. We are in a spiritual war, man. Yeah, you're right. That's it right. Beats, beats you up. And if yep. you don't unplug and get your mind mentally in shape and, and when you're physically in shape, uh, it helps your mind mentally be in mm. shape. So. Yeah, that's right. Yes, that is so good. And I think we need to realize as ministry leaders that we're human, right? Like I think sometimes we think that we can just yeah. do all these different things and we can, because we have this passion and zeal and I've just been realizing, no, it really is okay just to go take a break in the middle of the day and go walk around to the park like that. Mm -hmm. I, my perspective, when I come back to the office to do more work after just a 30 minute walk around the park outside is like night and day. And like, I'm not necessarily trying to do a quiet time or listen to the Bible or something. I'm just literally just walking around and thinking, praying a little bit and it just changes that perspective. So yeah. there's something God designed this world yeah, right. and nature to kind of, do that for us in some ways. And so um, thank, thank you for bringing that up. I, I think well, that's an important piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think, Paul, for, for a lot of us, I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking as, as you're talking, a lot of my ministry buddies and, and the three of us sound like we're similar personality, ADD, you know, some of those traits. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and so yeah. I, I don't know if you both are this way, but sometimes I, I like to be intentional but I think sometimes I'm so intentional that I weed out any buffer of just yeah, having nothing right. going on. That's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, if our lives are so busy that we're not able to, as you said, get up, get up and go walk around a lake or just let God just refresh us, we're too busy and, mm -hmm. and probably too intentional. If, if that's if you're able to be too intentional, that's probably a point in which we might be. Wow. Yeah. And in the long run, you're going to be a lot more fruitful and effective if you learn to build some margin and some of those things into your life. Yeah. So yes, yeah. that is, that's so important. So we're going to shift gears. You wrote another book called Crazy Faith, Stories from Then, then and Now. And it sounds awesome, looks awesome. Uh, I want to grab myself a copy. But could you tell us one story from the book that will encourage our listeners? Yeah. Oh, you're, you're digging back way back, man. <laughs> I, I uh, put that book together with a friend of mine, uh, John Waller, who has written a lot of music and um, uh, had a, had a song in the movie Fireproof, uh, or no, cool. War Room, sorry, War Room, mm -hmm. uh, that was called yeah. Crazy Faith. And they came to us and said, hey, can we put together a book about Crazy Faith? And so basically, the real quick, the premise of the book is every other chapter is a story from someone in the Bible who had crazy faith. Mm -hmm. And then the opposite chapters are chapters of modern day people that either John knew or, or I knew. And uh, one of the chapters that I put in there from a friend of mine that I know who's up in Delaware, um, just a great visionary leader um, and stepped out on crazy faith. His name's Bill Sammons. He launched uh, the only 
the only Christian radio station in Delaware at the time, uh, 10 years ago. And the land that he bought to put the tower, he bought from a guy who was not a believer. And um, when the believer, uh, when the non-believing guy found out, okay, he's going to put a tower on here and put a Christian radio station, uh, he got really irate. And so uh, every time they would go out and build this tower and some some buildings on this property, uh, one time Bill went out there and this guy um, was waiting for him to show up. And basically, uh, long story short, beat him to a pulp Whoa. Uh, and, and wow. left Bill left Bill laying there uh, for dead. And so he finally came to and his family started wondering where he was, came out and got him and, uh, you know, uh, took him to the hospital and got him cleaned up and everything. Fast forward, long story short, uh, the station gets on the air a year later. They have this concert. I can't remember if it was Casting Crowns, Matthew West, somebody. And the band's setting up backstage, getting ready to come out. And this guy shows up backstage, uh, this guy who beat up Bill Salmon. And Bill told me, he said, I'm freaking out thinking this guy has come to the concert to whoop on me in front of thousands of thousands of people uh, and the guy comes backstage and basically comes up to bill and starts weeping and said um uh, i have been listening to your station for the last year and i came to christ as oh a result of what you did and i wanted to come to this concert in person and tell you uh you know what what you what god did through you so you know it's just wow. another reminder that we don't always see uh, what God's yep. doing behind the scenes. Um, mm. But if we'll step out there in faith, God is always at work. Mm. Oh, I love that. What a great story. And Jack, I'm so thankful for your ministry through the years and what God's doing through you and, and for many years to come. And, and we appreciate you taking your time to share your heart behind uh, what God's called you to do and knowing him and making him known. And then just the many ways that you've served Jesus and his bride. Uh, Thank you for that. And I know our listeners are so encouraged uh, by the things you've shared and the way we always close uh, our next general mission podcast conversations is really with the heart behind this podcast. It's an on mission charge, which the heart behind this podcast is to help the next generation realize they're really the now generation, not just mm-hmm. the future of the church, but the church right now. So would you give us one closing thought on that and one practical next step? Yeah. Wow, man. First, first of all, thank you to you two guys. And uh, I'm, I'm, man, I'm honored to be part of this with you today. Um, I think I, I think we don't make it challenging enough for this generation. Um, I was standing wow. in the Dominican Republic um, this summer. Uh, we have a mission there now. That's kind of what our nonprofit does. And I'm watching uh, on the North Coast. Uh, I'm watching about 300 teenagers uh, worshiping God and listening to our uh, director down there teach for an hour, then two hours. And I remember, I remember saying to him, man, I, I'm, I'm blown away that these kids are just hanging on every word for you know hour, two hours. You'd never see this for the most part in the States. And mm-hmm. he looked at me and he said, uh, and he's never been to America, but he looked at me and he said, maybe uh, you're more interested in America and raising up good church members than warriors for Jesus. Wow. So and true. I lost it, yeah. man. I lost yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I just started weeping. I yeah. was like, man, wow, you're so right. Mm. And I got mm. back and I was talking to our student pastor at our church and, and he was, he was weeping cause he was with me on the trip. And I said, what, what do you think? And he said, you know what? The coaches at school raise the bar on these guys who play ball. They're there. got to be there every day. They got to do this. They got to do this or they're off the team, mm. you know, sports, ballet, music, all these things that were challenging kids to do. The bar is high. 
when they come to church, all they got to do is show up. Yep. We don't challenge them to do anything. And yeah, so if you're right. a collegiate leader, student leader, I'd say, man, raise the bar, raise the bar. Yeah, man. And yeah. I think practically, how, how do you do that? I think you, you give them visibility. You know, we've even changed our church. I've challenged our team at our church. You know, on Sunday morning, if I don't see any young people on the stage, why not? Yeah. Let's visibly yep. show them that they are part of the church now, not tomorrow. You know, have them Amen. pray, have them do a solo, have them take up the offering, have them preach. I mean, look, come on. And mm -hmm. so I think visibly we need to put them in places where people can see that the, and they themselves can see, hey, we are the church. We're not we're not kind of yep. sitting in the second. We're not second string waiting on the first string to retire. Yeah, that's right. We're the church that's right, right yeah. now. So Amen. if you're a leader, I would just encourage you find a way visibly to put students on the front line and college students on the front line and uh, remind them that they are uh, they are the church right now. I love oh, that. That is, yep. that is so good. I think, you know, we want to challenge people. We should not apologize for asking too much of people. We should apologize when we don't ask enough. Right. <laughs> you know, because we have the mission is way too urgent. It's this is real. And uh, yes, Jack, thank you so much. We're so yep. on, on point with you on that. And uh, so I, I'm sure our listeners are going to want to connect with you further. Check out your book, your podcast, your other resources that you have available. So what are some ways that our listeners can do that? Yeah, thank you, man. Uh, e easy, just uh, online, probably the best way, the website, jackeason.org, jackeason.org. All the social media links and stuff is there. Awesome. And uh, hey, if they if they do want a copy of that loneliness book, um, uh, I've worked out a, a deal for uh, fifty percent off if they just put Nam in the uh, in the discount thing. N -A -M -B. Wow! So, hey, awesome! I think, it, I think it turns out to like five bucks. So come on, uh, let's so, go. Uh, that's that's for you guys. So thank you for letting me be a part of uh, today and and uh, what you guys are doing together to to impact the next generation. Uh, it's necessary and needed. W without it, we're, we're we're doomed. The good news is I, I think we're, I think the best is yet to be personally. I think I, God's I in charge and he wants to do a huge work. Hmm. I agree, Jack. Hey, well, hey, Next General Mission Podcast family, you heard it here. So Jack, thank you so much for that. Hey, I'm telling you, get that book. The Loneliest, uh, Loneliness Solution is a great book. Go to jackeason.org. Use the promo code NAM in AMB to get that 50% off discount. Jack, thank you so much for doing that. That's so kind yeah. of you. Thank yeah. you, guys. This, man. Yeah, this is a resource that everyone needs. So be sure that you take full advantage of that. Jack, thank you so much for your time and just sharing your wisdom and expertise with us. And one thing I love about Jack is this, these things he's talking about isn't just theory for him. He's doing it. He's in the local church. He's doing it. He's on the front lines practicing what he preaches. So thank you so much for that, Jack. And, and friends, thank you for continuing to be a part of the conversation with us here on the Next Gen on Mission podcast. Remember, if there's any questions you have whatsoever on reaching the next generation, please email us at evangelism at nam.net. We'll try to address those on a future podcast. Also, if you are enjoying this conversation, be sure to share it with others. Um, engage with us on all podcast platforms. Give it a like, a follow, share it on your social media with everyone in your ministry context. And as we mentioned earlier, a new aspect of this ministry is we are posting these videos on our Jensen YouTube channel. So be sure to subscribe and check out the videos on the Jensen YouTube channel. We pray you have a great rest of your day and tell somebody about Jesus. Thank you.